Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. StarCityGames.com. Not only are they the home of the top content and coverage on the web, they're also the world's largest independent retailer for Magic the Gathering singles and supplies. For more information, visit StarCityGames.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to not just another episode of Lords of Limited, but our Ravnica Allegiance Crash Course. People have come to look forward to these. And joining me on the line is not just regular Ethan Sachs, <laughs> but mythic-ranked Ethan Sachs. Ethan, how does it feel to be mythic? You know, it felt great, but now you're mythic, so it feels like it's not that special. Oh, no, it's definitely still special. It feels great. <laughs> so we're I'm getting the added benefit here. I goofed up the introduction of our recording, and so we're re-recording the first three minutes here. And prior to this, Ethan was solely Mythic Limited Rank, and now I have mized and joined the ranks as well in time for the episode release. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure we got a conspiracy theory here that Ben botched the beginning and then <laughs> stalled to get Mythic, and now we can suddenly re-record the intro. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Yeah, for sure. So we do have a, a lot to get through today. We have our, our patented crash course. We do things a little differently on Lords of Limited here. When a new set comes out, if you're joining us for the first time, we're not going to go through every single card, but we're going to give you a lot of like good big picture ideas about the set. We're going to dive into some card differences, some different grades that Ben and I had for some cards, and then we're going to give you our top commons and uncommons for each color. But before we get into any of that, Got to talk about that Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lords of Limited, where you can give back to the show if you so choose. Obviously, the show will always be free, but if you choose to give back to the show, you can get access to the Lords of Limited Discord. And we say this every week, but when a new set's coming out, this is the time you want to be in on the Lords of Limited Discord chat. We're talking all things limited. We're getting ready for the pre-releases, getting ready to grind on Magic Arena, getting ready to grind on Magic Online. And people are just chatting up a storm. It's really, really an awesome place to be to get a lot of different perspectives on a lot of different cards and, and get in on the ground to break the format, as Ben likes to say. Um, some higher perks as well if you want to give back to the show in uh, larger amounts. And we, of course, want to welcome each and every new patron the first week that they join. So this week we would like to welcome Daniel, Eric S., Joshua, William D., Ryan, Adam, Kenny, Alexander, Richard, Marcus, Joe, Eric M., Ivan, Austin, Brian, Rob, Chris, Andrew, and William C. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your support means so much to us. Yeah, awesome to see that many new people getting in on the ground level of the format, figuring it out with us. And just a couple more plugs. We had somebody recently post in our hero tier that the spreadsheet that you and I do with all of our draft logs and our win rates and the deck picks 
was one of the best resources out there, as well as just the Discord reading our Ravnica Allegiance preview channel is so good. Every time I read that, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's just a great font of information, fountain of information. Yes, it truly is. We've also got people who are already, like, grinding sealed pools and drafts on Cockatrice and other, like, you know, magic adjacent programs and uh, just getting a lot of information really early on is fantastic. So uh, like I said, we're not going to go through each and every card, but Ben and I have graded all the cards in a spreadsheet that will be available to you to check out when we release the show. So Ben, for that grading scale, do you want to take us through what we're going to be looking at there? Yeah, so A's are your bombs, your game winners, good in many situations, especially when you're behind some of the best cards in the set, bomb rares, and hyper-efficient removal spells. Some examples of that from the last set, Experimental Frenzy, Doom Whisperer, and Dream Eater. Uh, B's, these are going to be strong cards that pull you into a color, make you want to play that color. Uh, These are generally like the best commons and good uncommons. So Disinformation Campaign, Boros Challenger, Rock Charger, Lava Coil, Chemistry's Insight, all that good stuff. Your C's, solid playables, the meat and potatoes of any limited deck, very interchangeable, average creatures, normal-ish removal spells. Some examples of this, Wojek Bodyguard, Devious Cover-Up, Blade Instructor, and Dowser of Lights. Uh, Your D's are going to be sometimes playable, below average cards, 22nd, 23rd, like very replaceable cards. So like 10th District Guard, Wario Copy, Never Happened, Goblin Locksmith. Your F's, unplayables, cards you should never put in your deck or very weird rares. It was hard to find examples of this. I played almost every single card in Guilds of Ravnica. Oh, wow. Vicious Rumors, Creeping Chill, and Unmoored Ego. We've got some sort of adjacent grades we'll be giving some cards. So sideboard grades. These are cards that generally don't make the main deck, but when you board them in can be quite good. So think of Crush Contraband or Crushing Canopy. We've also got a couple other niche grades here. Build Arounds, cards that don't do much on their own, but when you build around them can be good to great. Uh, so the first of those, Divine Visitation, that was the one that made uh, four four angel tokens every time a token entered the battlefield. Glaive of the Guild Pact, Format Powerhouse, and Guild Summit. And then we've also got Synergy cards, so cards that aren't quite good enough to build around, but provide good synergy if they're in the right deck. So you think of Thoughtbound Phantasm, Whispering Snitch, or even Severed Strands. And that takes us to our new mechanics. First of those is Spectacle in Ravnica Allegiance. So Spectacle is the new Rakdos keyword and gives spells an alternate casting cost. You can cast a spell for its Spectacle cost if an opponent lost life during the turn. And on some cards, the alternative costs a discount, getting the creature in cheap as a reward for damaging your opponents. Other cards, it's more expensive and you get a bigger, flashier effect when it ETBs. And paying a spectacle cost is always optional, even if the opponent lost life that turn. So you can choose to cast it for its regular casting cost or its spectacle cost. So to give you an example, we've got Rafter Demon here, two black red for a 4-2 with spectacle of three black red. And when it ETBs, if the spectacle cost was paid, each opponent discards a card. Next up, we've got Afterlife, which is the Orzov mechanic. It's a triggered ability and includes a number. So uh, for example, we've got Imperious Oligarch here, which is white black for a 2-1 with Vigilance, and it has Afterlife 1. So when the creature dies, you get a 1-1 black and white spirit creature token with flying. Some creatures have higher Afterlife numbers. I think there's like a couple instances of 2 and one instance of 3. So when it dies, you get the flying token pretty straightforward. Next, we've got the Simic mechanic, Adapt. Adapt is a new keyword action as seen on the card Aramunculus. Aramunculus is one blue-green for a 2-3 with flying, and it has two blue-green Adapt 1. So if you paid that Adapt cost, if you have not adapted before, it gets uh, that many plus one, plus one counters on it equal to the number of Adapt. So this is kind of similar to Monstrous from the Theros block. 
Right. Riot is up next, and it's a gruel mechanic which appears on creatures. A uh, creature with Riot enters the battlefield with your choice of either a plus one, plus one counter on it or haste. Uh, the choice is made as the creature enters the battlefield, uh, so you can't respond to the choice. You can respond to the trigger of Riot, but once the decision has been made, it is final. Um, so, for example, we've got Frenzied Aranx. This is two red-green for a 3-3 three, three with Riot. So you can either have it come in as a 4-mana 3-3 three, three with haste or a 4-mana four 4-4. Four, four. Last, we've got Addendum. Addendum is the Azorius mechanic, and Addendum is a new ability word. Ability words don't have any inherent rules, meaning so Addendum is more of a label than anything else. It's found mostly on instants uh, that have additional or alternative effects if you cast the spell during your main phase. So if you're willing to give up some flexibility, you're rewarded with some extra potency on your spells. So for example, we've got Sphinx's Insight here, two white blue for an instant, draw two cards, and has Addendum. If you cast it during your main phase, you also gain two life. And that brings us to the stats, baby. It's my favorite part of the Crash Course. Well, one of my favorite parts of the Crash Course. Uh, so we're going to go through and look at uh, a bunch of different stats for commons and uncommons. We won't be looking at any rares today because uh, they don't come up that often in limited. We really want to just focus on what you're going to be seeing draft in and draft out a lot of the time. So the first thing that we're going to look at is power and toughness for creatures at common. Um, so this is taking creatures at face value, not accounting for the flexibility of riot or adapt or the fact that afterlife creatures leave behind additional power and toughness. Okay. Um, so we've got 56 total creatures at common. The average power and toughness is 2.57 and 2.79. Now, I left in all the stats from Guilds of Ravnica just to sort of give us like some comparisons and mostly things are the same, except this is one of the biggest differences. We've got a pretty big increase of both power and toughness for our common creatures, uh, about 0.25 increase of power and about 0.3 increase of toughness from creatures uh, from Guilds of Ravnica, which is a pretty big boost. I think we're going to see some bigger creatures here on average at common. Uh, the median is 2-2 as it was in Guilds of Ravnica. The mode is power 2, but toughness 2.5, which is high. We got some big butts here. Uh, there were 18 each of creatures with toughness 2 and toughness 3. Uh, Guilds of Ravnica, we had just two twos. And the range, uh, power from 0 to 6, and toughness from 1 to 7. So what do you attribute that increase in the average to? Do you think it's because green's not total garbage in this set? <laughs> It may be because green is not total garbage in the set, but there are a lot of booties. There's like, there's just one fours and two threes. And it just does seem like the the power toughness ratio is kind of slanted there. I don't know. I, as I was looking through all the creatures, I was like, blocking seems like it might be pretty good in this set. Well, and Riot and Adapt are both going to lead to even bigger creatures than that stat says, right? For sure. Right. Because we're not taking that into account here. Right. So moving on to the uncommon power and toughness stats, there's 48 creatures at uncommon. The average power is 2.6. The average toughness is 2.875. So just barely slightly bigger than GRN, uh, 0.05 or something like that. Essentially identical. The interesting thing here is that in Guilds of Ravnica, there was a kind of a big delta there but between common and uncommon average. And I, again, we had convoke creatures kind of skewing that a little bit. But here, the commons and uncommons are about the same size. Yeah, definitely worth noting. Moving on to the median, power 2 and toughness 3, exact same as GRN. The mode, power 2, toughness 2 by a mere 1. So again, a lot of 3 toughness creatures floating around. Uh, and GRN was a solid 2-2. Two, two. And the range, power from 0 to 8 and toughness from 1 to 8. So again, we're looking at some big-butted creatures, maybe 2 threes potentially going to be the king of the format? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I, wonder, I, I wonder if like 4 is going to be the magic number. 
that that's what it sort of makes me think of as we'll, we'll get to the removal in a little bit too, which I think also sort of skews me towards that thought. Uh, yeah, so yeah. 104 creatures total at common and uncommon, a little more than half, 56 have power two or less, 49, a little less than half have toughness two or less, and only 18 have toughness one. Now that again, doesn't take into account afterlife. So we're going to see some more one, one flyers floating around because of that, but you know, a uh, fewer one toughness creatures than we saw in guilds of Ravnica. Thank God. Moving on to the converted mana cost stats for all creatures. And again, spectacle creatures were taken at face value. So we didn't factor in any of the spectacle costs or anything like that, any alternate casting costs. So the average CMC of a creature is 3.46 and GRN was 3.32. So on average, you're paying like three and a half mana for a two, three. Is that fair to say? I would say so. Yeah. And then the median casting cost is three, same as GRN. The mode casting cost is two, same as GRN. And the range is anywhere from one mana to eight mana. Uh, looking at the removal, because we like to see how like the removal matches up against the creature sizing. So we've got 28 total common and uncommon removal spells. The average removal spell cost is 3.03, which is the exact same as it was in guilds, which is kind of That's crazy. insane. <laughs> yeah. There are 18 removal spells at common. We're including counter spells and bounce spells in this equation. And then 10 removal spells at uncommon. And just a few things that stood out from looking at all the removal spells here again we'll have a list of all that removal what its converted mana cost is what it kills that's all in the spreadsheet that we'll be sharing uh with the release of this episode but some things that really stood out to me there's no pacifism there's no oblivion ring and there's no claustrophobia blue and white's like enchantment removal is only the azorius common which is basically uh arrest with flash it's like one blue white flash enchant creature can attacker block and can activate abilities which is great but it's pretty shocking to come from a format where we had luminous bonds capture sphere and conclave tribunal and we don't have any of those effects here you're forgetting the blue has doom blade uh, we're gonna talk about that card in a second <laughs> we're gonna get to that <laughs> card later because that is far from doom blade my friend so there's a there's a one and a blue enchantment with flash that gives target creature minus four minus oh. Oh my god, that card is awful. Uh, <laughs> there is a three mana counterspell at common and blue blue for an essence scatter effect at uncommon that also puts a plus and plus one counter on a creature. There's no big red removal spell at common. There's a deal two and a deal three, but we're sort of accustomed to as we talked about our card evaluation episode last week. We're sort of accustomed to like a an unfriendly fire, a deal four, a deal five, or a deal six. And we don't have that here at common. The best removal this time around seems to be guild specific, right? Like the green fight spell is bad, but the gruel fight spell seems pretty good. Uh, white and blue don't get good removal, but Azorius gets a good removal spell. So unlike guilds of Ravnica, where it felt like you had just good removal in individual colors here, I think that removal is going to be more guild specific. But would you say that the quality of the removal is similar to guilds of Ravnica? Because I mean, that format had a lot of great removal. It looks much worse to me, right? So like, you know, Deadweight's a premium card. And here we've got a three mana exile, a creature with power three or less, which is worse than Deadweight, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, we've got, you know, another five mana. It's like five mana kill a thing. Scry one, maybe. I, I don't remember what the big black removal spell is. Um, clunky. Clunky. Oh, no, no, it's ma- worse. It costs it's, six it's mana to destroy mana. target creature and they lose two life. Right. I was thinking of the, I think it's the Rakdos or the Orzhov five mana spell. Uh, Yeah, no, it looks worse. The removal just looks worse to me this time around. Okay, but you're still getting technically a mana advantage, right? If the average cost is three and the average CMC for creatures is 3.46, or do you think that's skewered downward because you included bounce and counter spells? I think it's probably skewered down because I included 
bouncing counter spells, yeah. And like, how good is so red gets a two mana deal two and a three mana deal three with spectacle for a single mana? I mean, I don't know how good that two mana deal two is going to be. Like, those just seem so similar to me. And one is instant, one is a sorcery, but still. I think the lightning bolt card with spectacle is way better. Well, but it's sorcery, it's not instant. But it's still so much more efficient. Oh, sure. No, I'm, it's definitely better, I think. But, uh, so, so that's what I'm saying. I think like the deal, like it's two mana to deal two, but it's not great removal is all I'm saying. Right. So the two mana deal two is Scorch Mark, three mana with Spectacle one is Skewer the Critics. We should probably start using card names. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Who needs them? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the removal is worse on average and there seems to be less of it. Because yeah, I mean, Guilds of Ravnica maybe was sort of a, an outlier in the fact that it just had such an abundance of good removal. Right. There's no artful takedown in this set. No, not at all. Okay, moving on to support for the various mechanics. We're going to take a look at Adapt first. Remember, that's the Simic mechanic. There's four cards at common with Adapt, four uncommons, four rares or mythic, and eight cards that care about adapting or plus one plus one counters at common or uncommon. So a fair bit of support and adapt is going to be a huge mana sink. So if the format speed is looking slower or maybe that blocking is going to be good, if you can get to that late game and adapt your creatures, that's really going to give you an advantage over the long term. Yeah. And if you are able to like move counters around, which a few cards let you do, that's going to be big game because, you know, adapt, you can only do once. Like once the creature has a counter on it, you can't adapt again. But if you get to move that counter somewhere, and then adapt. That's that's just using a lot of mana. That's going to be real good. Uh, the other mechanic that cares about plus and plus one counters is Riot, or that, I guess, grants plus and plus one counters. So we've got five creatures at common, three at uncommon, and then three at rare or mythic. Um, nothing that really cares about Riot per se, but a handful of those cards that care about plus one plus one counters are also going to be applicable to Riot as well. Next, we've got Spectacle. That's the Rakdos mechanic. There are six cards with the alternate casting cost of Spectacle at common, three at uncommon, and two at rare. And they sort of seeded some repeat enablers for Spectacle that make it easier to get Spectacle on your turn. There's four, but essentially just three because one's pretty bad. There's Cult Guild Mage, black red for a 2-2, three and a black to make target player discard a card. And then this is the enabler. Uh, you can play single red tap to deal a damage to target opponent or planeswalker, but then that's still adding one on to the casting cost of all your spectacle costs, but is a free way to enable. There's Fireblade Artist, black red for a 2-2 haste. At the beginning of your upkeep, you can sacrifice creature. When you do, Fireblade Artist deals two damage to target opponent or planeswalker. I think that card's just super strong in general, but is also a very good spectacle enabler. Mm -hmm. There's Ill-Gotten Inheritance. This is the bad one. Three and a black for the enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, Ill-Gotten Inheritance deals one damage to each opponent and you gain one life. And you can pay five and a black to sacrifice ill-gotten inheritance. It deals four damage to target opponent and you gain four life. I'm kind of excited about that card. No way. So how much worse is that than uh, Citadel Siege? Or not Citadel Siege, Palace Siege? What was the Black Siege? Where it was three black black at the beginning of your upkeep, target opponent loses two life, you gain two life? Two is a lot more than one, buddy. It's I know. twice as much. I know, but it's so... Oh, that card... That that second ability is a lot, but like, I don't know. It seems very slow to me. It's And doesn't really seem like what Rakdos wants to do. I don't know. It, it might be played. I think that card could be sneaky good in this format, especially if the format's a little slower and the board's going to stall out. I don't think it's going to be like a high pick or anything, but I think that card's going to see some play. All right. And last, we've got Spear Spewer. It's a red O2 with Defender and taps to deal one damage to each player. That seems like a pretty solid enabler, mostly because you're not having to spend mana to do it. I think that's the best of the bunch, maybe. I do think so. I, I wrote this card off, and then I was listening to the LR uh, like rules and mechanics show, and I was like, oh... This is a plant for Spectacle, and I think it's going to be pretty good. I think if you can get like two of them, those are going to be good enablers for like 
I don't know if you have like nine, I don't know how many spectacle things you can get, but if you have a lot of spectacle, you're going to actively want this card, I think. Oh, yeah. Afterlife is up next. Uh, four creatures at common, four creatures at uncommon, one rare and one mythic. And then there's a handful of things that care about flying creatures. There's a, a white uncommon that gives flying creatures plus zero plus one. There's a blue uncommon that gives flying creatures plus one plus oh. Um, so, you know, you might be able to get some stuff that anthems or like, you know, sort of pseudo anthems, your flying creatures. And then there's also some stuff that cares about sacrifice that we'll get into a little bit later where afterlife is also pretty good with. Well, and the green plummet that's seated into the set also deals one damage to each creature with flying. Well, that's very bad for afterlife. Right. But I mean, that's worth that's worth noting. I think if we're talking about the afterlife mechanic, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sometimes your team is just going to get wiped. Could be. And lastly, we've got Addendum here, the Azorius mechanic. There's four cards at common with Addendum, two at uncommon, three at rare and mythic. And your payoff for Addendum is Dovin's Acuity. This is our disinformation campaign variant. It's one blue white for an enchantment. When it ETBs, you gain two life and draw a card. And whenever you cast an instant spell during your main phase, so presumably you're going to be doing that with your Addendum cards, you return Dovin's Acuity to your hand. Yeah, so, you know... As a whole, we're not really seeing a ton of like synergy stuff. The mechanics just seem to kind of exist. We've got like some ways to enable spectacle, some things that care about plus and plus one counters. But as a whole, these just sort of theme, seem like things tacked on to creatures um, that are nice, but not a lot of like, I'm going to build an adapt deck or I'm going to build a riot deck. I don't know if that's going to happen a lot. I think it is just because by virtue of the fact that you're going to end up in the guilds a lot, it just feels like it's going to be similar to Guilds of Ravnica, where you draft one of these five guilds or you draft the gate deck. Yeah, I guess, except like, yeah, I, I felt like there was more stuff going on with at least some of the guilds. I mean, I, Undergrowth was kind of like a failfish, but like there was definitely a lot of surveil synergies happening. There was some mentor synergies happening in terms of like chaining them together or whatever. I don't know. Um, it looks a little less. Well, so it, I think Spectacle feels the most synergistic of all of them. Yes, I agree. And then Adapt, I think there's going to be some plus one, plus one counter shenanigans that you can do. Riot feels like it's just going to be an aggressive beatdown right. deck. Yeah. Afterlife, guess... kind of controlly, sacrificey shenanigans. Addendum feels like the least interesting to me. Especially because I don't think Dovin's Acuity is that good. Right. Yes. Definitely not a disinformation campaign. No, not at all. All right, so we want to take a look at the sweepers that exist in the sets. We will be talking about some rares here. Uh, at rare, we do have just Wrath of God, basically. Kaya's Wrath is white, white, black, black for destroy all creatures, and then you gain a life for each creature of yours that was destroyed this way, which is a pretty big game. Um, a couple, you know, there's Ethereal Absolution, which is a busted rare that's an enchantment that gives minus one, minus one to all your opponent's creatures, so not like a Wrath per se, but, a, you know, a, a mini sweeper or a shrinker. Uh, Rakdos the Showstopper is a, a mythic creature that flips a coin for each non-demon devil or imp and then for each of those creatures that like loses the flip or i guess comes up tails or whatever you destroy that creature um then moving on to some uh uncommons we've got dagger caster which is a uh, three and a red for a two three with a goblin chain whirler effect that etbs and deals a damage to a player in each creature they control gates ablaze this is a sort of build around for the gate deck it's two and a red for a sorcery it deals damage to all creatures equal to the number of gates you control and coming off of Rivals of Ixalan, seeing this card is pretty exciting. Cry of the Carnarium. This is one black black for a minus two, minus two effect to all creatures at sorcery speed. Well, except the creatures here are a little bit bigger, right? So I don't think that's going to be quite as busted in this format as it was in Rivals of Ixalan. 
Right, for sure. Still a good card and something to certainly think about if you've got some little weenies. Also worth noting with the dagger casters, that's the red card that does the goblin chain whirler effect. Mm-hmm. In It's red. In Rakdos colors, there's blade brand. One in a black instant target creature gains death touch until end of turn draw a card. So very easily in Rakdos, you can just build your own Plague Wind with Blade Brand and Dagger Caster, and it's going to be really miserable because I think it's going to happen a fair amount. That's a common and an uncommon. Yeah, that's not hard in in a guild like into in the same guild that's in the set. Like it'd be different if, you know, those two cards existed in Guilds of Ravnica where it's like, well, you have to splash one because it's off guild. It's like, no, you're going to get those cards a fair amount. Right. They were both gold cards in opposite guilds. This is just <laughs> two commons in a guild. Right. Yeah, or a yeah. common and uncommon rather. So moving forward taking a look at x1 punishers in a straightforward sense or creatures that just punish having one toughness so every afterlife card there's going to be a lot of one one spirits floating around so i think that's already going to be a knock on cards that you want to attack with that only have one toughness and there's not a ton besides afterlife but just the sheer fact that afterlife is a mechanic in the format is going to really dissuade people from trying to attack with x1 creatures i think there's cry the carnarium we just talked about that the one black black minus two minus two sorcery there's plague white one in a black for a two one and when it becomes blocked each creature blocking it gets minus one minus one until end of turn so considerably worse than uh the goblin from guilds of ravnica ornery goblin ornery goblin there we go yeah because this one only does it on offense it would be way better if it did it on defense i think that was what really made ornery goblin stand out yeah dagger caster we just mentioned that one that's the one that does one to each creature your opponent controls on etb there's Goblin Gathering. This is sort of a collect them all card. There's two in a red sorcery, and you create a number of 1-1 one, one red goblin tokens equal to two plus the number of cards named Goblin Gathering in your graveyard. So the first one gives you two, next one gives you three, next one gives you four, so on and so forth. There's Flames of the Raise Boar. This card is busted. Yeah. Five and a red for the instant. It deals four damage to target creature and opponent controls, then Flames of the Raise Boar deals two damage to each other creature that player controls if you control a creature with power four or greater. And we're going to take a look at the number of those in just a little bit, but I think that's going to be turned on a fair amount of the time, especially since it's in red, which has the gruel mechanic. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's Footlight Fiend, hybrid black red mana for a 1 1, and when it dies, it deals one damage to any target. Moving on, we're going to take a look at Life Gain. You know, some folks might consider this the third best evergreen mechanic for limited um there's uh not a ton of life gain there's certainly not a ton of repeatable life gain really save for senate guild mage lords of limited official preview card that's the white blue guild mage that has a white tap gain to life which is pretty great uh the rest of the good life gain that i think exists is all sort of incidental it's like sort of tacked on to creatures entering the battlefield there's like grasping throw which is three white black for a three three flyer etbs you drain two there's Sylvan Brushstrider, which is two and a green for a three, two ETBs you gain two, um, sort of that thing. And then I think maybe sort of king of all of this as, as a, a build around for the gate deck is Archway Angel, which is five and a white for a three, four. And when it enters the battlefield, you gain two life for each gate you control. That card is busted in half. Card is so strong. Um, so there is, you know, not a ton of repeatable life gain, but some good life gain that's incidental tacked onto some some fine creatures the gate deck looks way more powerful to me in ravnica allegiance than it did in guilds of ravnica 100 percent agree <laughs> yes speaking of the gate deck we've got mana fixing so we've got guild gates again replacing basic lands in all packs but i think the guild gates might be higher picks in this format at least i'm hoping they are like my initial impression is that guild gates are going to be higher picks in this format than they were in guilds of ravnica Gateway Plaza is back. That's the one where ETBs, you pay one or sacrifice it, and it can tap for one mana of any color. 
the lockets again are back, uh, guild specific. So you have to pay four mana of the guild color to sacrifice them to draw two cards. There's open the gates, single green for a sorcery, search your land for a basic land card or gate card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. And finally, Ceruli Caretaker. This one is not good. Yeah, some people were trying to convince me in my Discord yesterday that this card was good. I was like, this seems quite bad to me. No, this card's garbage. Like, I'm sure I'm going to play it. I'm sure there's going to be times when I'm like, well, I just need fixing. But this is basically Navigator's Compass. Yeah, it's single green for an 0-3 with Defender and tap it plus an untapped creature you control to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Next up, we want to take a look at Mana Sinks. Unfortunately, there's not a ton here. I mean, we do have all five Guild Mages. But beyond that, there's not a ton, right? So we've got like Lockets, which are like not really repeatable mana sinks. We've got Adapt, which again are not super repeatable. There's just like a place to put mana once. And then beyond that, the mana sinks you're looking at are just like creatures with pump effects, you know, like creatures that have the ability to like get plus two plus zero oh until end of turn. Or there's like a one mana, one, one lifelinker that has two in a black plus one plus one, that sort of thing. Um, so beyond the guild mages and adapt, you're not really looking at a ton of places to sink mana, which is kind of disappointing. I think there's a lot of powerful ways to draw cards, though. I think you're gonna mm. find things to do with your mana. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's probably true. Moving on to another extremely important limited mechanic, we've got flying. We're gonna take a look in depth at that. There's 16 creatures with flying in the set. Two that can be granted flying and seven additional afterlife creatures that are going to poop out flying spirit tokens. Four of them are white, five of them are blue, two of them are black, concentrated in the Esper colors like we come to expect. Uh, there's three blue-white, one blue-green, one white-black, and one colorless as far as gold and colorless cards. And then as far as you know, ways to combat flying in the format, there's Mama Spider, four and a green for the 3-5 reach, Ethan Sachs invitational card. Got to be. <laughs> <laughs> There's Sagittar's Volley, two and a green for the instant. Destroy target creature with flying. Sagittar's Volley deals one damage to each creature with flying your opponent's control. And there's Collision, two hybrid gruel mana. This is part of a split card, and the Collision half of the card is to deal six to target creature with flying. And finally, there's Sky Tether, single white for an enchant creature. Enchanted creature has Defender and loses flying. So a, a fair bit of hate. Like, I'm happy to see a big spider, happy to see a, a couple plummet effects. Um... But I do think, again, flying is going to be fantastic in this format. Yeah, it does feel like stalling the ground out and winning in the air is going to be a viable strategy. Yeah, for sure. So there's a handful of things that came up as we were looking through the spoilers of like, well, I wonder if this this looks like there might be something floating around in this set about this kind of interaction. Let's see if that really bears fruit or not. So the first is the mill theme, right? There's There are a few cards that I was looking through. I was like, there's a lot of like stuff that cares about milling or has incidental mill. Is that going to be a deck? I think probably not. So there's four cards that mill. There are either blue or artifacts. We have two repeatable ones. So there's Persistent Petitioners. This is the one in a blue one three. You can pay one to mill one. But if you have four Persistent Petitioners, you can tap all four to mill 12. So this is a repeatable way to do it. And there's Screaming Shield, which is a one mana equipment. It has an equip cost of three. It's an uncommon. And it says equipped creature gets plus zero plus three and has two tap. Target player puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard. So we've got two repeatable mill effects. And then there's a couple incidental mill. There's Thought Collapse, which is our common counterspell. It's one blue blue for an instant counter target spell. And then its controller puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard. Devious cover up, this is not. And then we've also got Wall of Lost Thoughts, which is one in a blue for an 0-4 with Defender when it ETBs target player, puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. Uh, these are all like not super exciting cards, and especially with Clear the Mind floating around at Common, which is like the second half of Devious cover up, sort of. It's two in a blue, instant target player shuffles their graveyard into their library and then draw a card tacked onto it. So you've even got like a way to combat that. I, I just don't think this, this mill theme is going to come together. 
for people. I think you just need to learn to believe, my friend. This looks like you, plenty you love, of cards to mill you people. You love after. milling. I don't get it. I yeah, I don't either. There's just something very satisfying about your opponent knowing with a sense of dread that they're going to get milled out. If I thought two mana one three on the ground was going to be okay, I think the persistent petitioner dream is kind of real. But I think those are going to just be real poopy. I don't know, but isn't the fact that clear the mind is in the format a clue that maybe this is the real deal? Maybe we'll see. All right, moving on to sacrifice outlets. Rakdos uh, has a bit of a theater spectacle theme. You tweeted that you felt <laughs> assaulted as an actor. That's funny. <laughs> I feel personally attacked by all the theater thing. I just like can't wait. And by can't wait, I mean, I'm dreading Twitch chat making a lot of like theater jokes for the Rakdos cards. Yeah. So there's a bit of the time honored red, black, active treason plus sacrifice uh, going on here. So active treason is in the format and there's smelt ward Ignis, which is one in a red for a two one a creature elemental. And you can pay two in a red, sacrifice it to gain control of target creature power three or less. Untap it, it gains haste. Uh, and activate this only anytime you cast a sorcery. So sort of a active treason on a stick there for smaller creatures. Plus, all the Orzhov afterlife creatures make, you know, sacrifice effects look a little bit better. Um, there's seven ways to sacrifice your own creatures. Four of those are repeatable. And there's also one huge payoff, which is Vindictive Vampire. I'm so excited about this card. I am as well. I have it as my top black uncommon. Spoiler alert. Ooh, baby. It's three and a black for a two, three. And whenever a creature you control dies, you deal one damage to target opponent and you gain a life. Yeah, so it's like Blood Artist, but only for your creatures. Mm-hmm. Pretty busted, I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We were looking at uh, some cards before that cared about power four or greater, which is weird to have like Ferocious back for just a few cards. Um, so Bring to Trial and Syndicate Guild Mage remove creatures with power four or greater. So we've got Bring to Trial as the like sort of Legion's Judgment variant it's three and a white for a sorcery destroy target creature with power four or greater and syndicate guild mage one of its abilities is one and a white tap target creature with power four or greater and then there are cards that care about you having a creature with power four or greater you got clear the stage which is four and a black for an instant target creature gets minus three minus three until end of turn and if you have a creature with power four or greater you get to raise dead a creature from your graveyard to your hand there's flames of the raised boar that's the red instant we talked about before deals four and then if you have a creature with power four or greater, which I'm just going to shortcut as ferocious from now on. Uh, you deal two to each other creature that player controls. There's territorial boar. What a weird card this is. This is one a green for a two, two. And then when a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus and plus one in vigilance until end of turn. And then under cities embrace just two and a black for an instant at common target opponent sacrifices a creature. And if you have ferocious, you gain four life. So just like a, a handful of stuff that cares about you having power four or greater. So how often are you going to be able to enable that? Well, there are eight commons and 11 uncommons that enter the battlefield with power four or greater. So about 20 of the hundred and so creatures that we have and five creatures that could get there with riot or adapt. So, you know, about a quarter of the creatures either come into play as power four or greater or can get there through riot or adapt. So, you know, uh, a quarter of the creatures, I'll take that. That seems like you you can get there if you want to. Yeah, I think so. And finally, the last thing we're going to take a look at here before we dive into our grade differences, multicolor creatures matter. So there's 50 spells and 34 multicolor creatures at common or uncommon. All three of the payoffs for this effect are at rare. 
There's Glass of the Guild Pact, which is an anthem for your gold creatures. Costs two mana and gives all multicolored creatures you control plus one plus one. There's Hero of Precinct One. This is a young pyromancer variant that whenever you cast a multicolored spell, you poop out a one one white human creature token. And Tome of the Guild Pact. This is a five mana artifact. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, draw a card and taps to add one mana of any color. That card, I think, is pretty bonkers. Yeah, that seems really good. I mean, they all, I mean, I guess Glass of the Guild Pact seems like it won't be great, but Hero of Precinct 1 and Tome of the Guild Pact seem good to me. Yeah. All right, that brings us to taking a look at our grade differences. So as I said, we've graded all the cards uh, individually, right, without looking at each other's grades. And now we're going to take a look at cards where we have at least two gradation differences between us so we can sort of see if we can convince the other person maybe get some early bragging rights going um so like if ben gave a card a c plus and i gave it a c minus then we'll talk about it so we're going to take a look at, at the white cards here first and the first one we want to take a look at is arrester's zeal which is single white for an instant target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn and it has addendum if you cast the spell during your main phase that creature gains flying until end of turn i gave this a c you gave this a d plus can i talk you up on this i don't think so it just I, seems it seems fine to me. I think you actively want single white plus two plus two in your decks. But I don't think I don't think Orzov or Azorius are particularly aggressive guilds. There's that's it's still a good card. It's super cheap. It's super flexible. Like saves from a damage based removal spell, helps you win combat. I think one of these is gonna make your white decks like all the time. I would say more often than not. I would say seventy five percent of the time. But do you think that deserves a C? I, I could go C minus. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll take a C minus. I just don't. I don't think it's in the D range. I don't think it's twenty second, twenty third. I don't think it's replaceable. I think this is above replacement. I think it's replaceable. With what? What are you replacing it with? Any card that has power and toughness. No, you want something like I I don't know. I think you want something like this. I'll I'll take I'll take getting you up to C minus, but I'm gonna stick with my C here. I'll go C minus. All right. Next we've got Justiciar's Portal. This is one and a white for the instant exile target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control, and it gains first strike until end of turn. You gave this a synergy C, I gave it a D. I mean, if we're looking at it under the lens of synergy, I'm fine giving it a C. Once you have a handful of or even a couple like enter the battlefield effects, I think this card becomes fantastic. Yeah, there and there's some strong ones, right? At common, there's the blue, three blue, blue, uh, three, three flyer that locks something down for a turn. It doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. But I think when you look at this card at first glance, you're thinking, OK, I'm going to ambush my opponent's creature. And that's just asking to get blown out, I think, because so many times yes. your opponent's going to be attacking you with open mana. And I think you're just going to get two for one a fair portion of the time when you try to go for this. Mm -hmm. I think also the fact that there's like the aura based removal spell from Azorius. This like gets out from under there. Like, I, I think you need a little bit of work. I want a handful of enter the battlefield effects before I'm happy to put this in my deck. But once I do, I am going to look for at least one copy of this because being able to save from a removal spell or something or getting that ambush effect. I think that all adds up to a card that I'm happy to play. So throwing back to Rivals of Ixalan, we've been playing with Siren's Ruse. Is this better or worse than Siren's Ruse in your brain? Oh, uh, I guess worse than Siren's Ruse. I think so. And I think Siren's Ruse is a D. Yeah. All right. You got me. Yeah. Next up, we're taking a look at Archway Angel. We're probably just splitting hairs here. Like this is that busted 3-4 flyer that gains you two life for each gate. But I gave this a build around grade and you just gave it a B plus. That's because I just think I'm going to be drafting the gate deck all the time. <laughs> okay. I think, I think you got to give this a build around grade. Like you can't just... You're not playing this in a deck with no gates or like with two gates, I think. But 
I think this is a reason to draft a deck with a lot of gates. Yeah, I missed the build around grade. It should have a build around. All right. And the last white card we want to take a look at here is Resolute Watchdog. I'm so surprised by your grade on this card. This is a single white mana for a 1-3 with Defender. And it has one Sacrifice Resolute Watchdog target creature you control gains indestructible until end of turn. Yeah, this card is totally fine. It's no. a C. Okay, so coming off of Rivals of Ixalan, how do you compare this card to Sheltering Light? It's much better than Sheltering Light. No, it isn't. Yeah, it blocks early and then later in the game, it does. It, it's good throughout the course of the whole game. If you want early defense on the ground, this does the trick. And then it's also relevant late in the game when you top deck it on turn 10. I'm sticking with my grade of a D. I don't think a one mana one three is a card you want to include in your deck. And I don't think that effect is very good. And both of them together do not seem good to me. Okay, so I, th I think both Orzov and Azorius are going to play out similarly to you're going to try to clog the ground and win in the air. And I think this is one of the best ways to clog the ground early in the game. And then it's going to protect your flyers late in the game. What is a 1-3 do protecting you from on the ground? Two twos? Two ones? Those are all bad double, cards. Double man. blocking? Like if you get a 1-3 and a 2-3, double blocking three threes, four fours? Well, because we all know how good double blocking and limited is. You never get blown out when you double block. <laughs> but, but then you can sack Resolute Watchdog to give your other creature indestructible. I think this card's way more versatile than you're giving it credit for. I don't think you're going to play this card very much i think once you play it once you're gonna be very unhappy with it that's my so we're, we're i think we're not neither of us are moving on this card it sounds like i i would go down to c minus but i think this is a fine card so you think this is above replacement level i would play arrestor zeal over this all day every day oh i would not i think this card's better than arrestor zeal uh we'll, we'll, we'll have to see we'll have okay to see. this is our first point watcher here <laughs> i feel very <laughs> i feel very impassioned here of this resolute yeah, i watchdog. can tell you can't wait to play this like poorly statted creature with a even poorer effect <laughs> okay that takes us on to blue first card we've got here is chillbringer you seem pretty low on this card to me this is four and a blue for a three three flyer when an etbs tap target creature and opponent controls and it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step i gave us a b you gave it a c plus yeah no i definitely think it's very good i'm just as i was going through the spoiler i was noticing a lot of really good expensive cards like there's a lot of good five drops at common in like in terms of creatures. And this seems great to me. I just don't know how many I want, you know? So I, I guess I was sort of like thinking like, yeah, this the first one seems great, but it's it's expensive. So I don't know. Maybe maybe my grade is a little too conservative. So how good do you think the what's the name? I can't think of the name of the Merfolk, the two and a blue two two that does the same effect in Rivals Vixel. I was thinking about this exactly the same way, especially under the vast lens, because I was like, all right. If this is this is like Water Trap Weaver, I'm paying an additional mana for plus one plus one, and then I'm paying an additional mana for flying. So this seems like perfectly on rate with that kind of effect. But the tap ability, I guess sometimes even the tap ability, you wanted it later, right? It's like right. better later in the game sometimes. I think this card's gonna be super good because you're gonna you're frequently gonna value the effect the turn this comes down on turn five. And I mm -hmm. think chaining them together is going to be absolutely backbreaking. All right, I'm, I'm going up to B minus. You got me. Next up, we've got, <laughs> come on now, Persistent Petitioners, the 1-3 mil. I gave this a D, you gave this a C minus. Yeah, again, I think you're going to be fine blocking. I think mill might be a thing. It's it's probably a D plus, but there's like, there's some potential here, especially if the format's slow. You know, these become a viable win condition-ish. 
Is there a reason you're particularly excited about one threes? Yeah, that's just good stats. It's good blockers. And I think I think Azorius, I think Azorius and Orzov are gonna want to block. I don't think three toughness is gonna be a good blocker in this format. Mm, that's probably true because the gruel things are large. All right. Fine. I I don't I think your your yeah, your love of these one threes doesn't seem great to me. Persistent petitioners, I will go down to a D plus. Great. We got him. What's next? Next, we've got Sage's Row Savant. This is one and a blue for a two one when ETVs scry two. You gave this a D plus. I gave this a C. Yeah, I like scry two on a two drop. I just I wish this was Omen Speaker. Like this is where I want a one three. Right. Yeah, this would be better as a one three, but I still think this card is going to be fine and going to be playable. Yeah, I'm just it feels like it's just two mana scry to for an irrelevant body but don't you value hitting your third and fourth land drops like this is just going to add so much consistency to your draws it's going to let you play magic it's going to trade off with gruel things that are smashing you down oh i'm gonna play this in my deck i just don't think i think it's below replacement like i think it's sort of interchangeable with twos it doesn't seem like a premium two to me but I don't feel like there are very good two drops in the format. Yeah, maybe and that's I, true. And I think this is like one of the better ones. If you're not planning to attack with this, I think this card is just still good because you'd almost rather it have more power to try to trade off with the large gruel things that are going to be attacking you. Yeah, and I, I guess a lot of the spectacle stuff too is like high power, low toughness. Um, right, there's like there's like some four twos running around. Yeah, I could see meeting you at like C minus, but I'm not going to go much higher than that. It's not. It doesn't feel like a C to me. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to stick with C. All right, moving on to the uncommons. I want to talk about this card, Essence Capture. This is blue, blue for the counter target creature spell, and then you can put a plus and plus one counter on target creature you control. I gave this a B minus. You gave this a C. Yeah. So this definitely feels like a pull into blue for me. It does not for me. I think it's fine. I don't think it's... It's hard to cast. It's going to be hard to leave up. It's cool in Simic, you know, with Adapt, maybe getting a plus one, plus one counter on something sooner than you're supposed to. Yeah, I don't, I just think this is like, you know, good on turn two, good on turn 10, probably. Like, I, Essence Scatter is a good card for limited. And yes, blue, blue is tougher to cast than one in a blue. But I'm pretty happy with this card, I think. And um, Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. I'll, I'll, do we get you up to Bs? Yeah, get yeah. Up to I'll B minus with you. Uh, yeah, you're yes. right. Got him. All right. Gateway Sneak is our last blue card. This is such a Ben card. Two and a blue for a one three. Whenever a gate enters the battlefield under your control, Gateway Sneak can't be blocked this turn. And then it's got the Ophidian effect when it deals combat damage to a player draw card. I don't know how I became the champion of one threes this set review, but you really did. (laughs) This card is great. But this is worse than Guild Summit, right? I don't think so. I think this is better than Guild Summit. Well, Guild Summit didn't punish you for like having already played your gates like how many gates are you going to have in your deck, buddy? Right, but but this just has the text. You don't have to have played a gate to draw the card. Just Ophidian is a good card. Yeah, Ophidian's a good and card. And the fact that it's going to be unblockable, like, you know, whatever, 30% of the time or something. Like... I guess I missed that. Yeah, all right, I'll go I'll go syner- Synergy. I'll go up to Synergy B with you. Okay, yeah, that's better. I, I For some reason in my head, I had, like, married the two, like, pieces of text. All right, sweet. What do we got going on in black? First up, we've got Undercity Scavenger. Three and a black for a 3-3. Three, three. When it ETBs, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, put two plus one plus one counters on Undercity Scavenger, then scry two. You give this a C plus in the context of Orzov. I gave this a C minus just in general. Yeah, so I think you're probably not playing this in Rakdos very often, but I think in Orzov, this is going to be good. Like a four mana 5-5 five, five, scry two, I think is going to be pretty good. 
I, I get that there's some setup costs, but I think you're going to have like, you know, some afterlife creature that you'd like to sacrifice or something or a one, one flyer. Yeah, I could see that curving the two mana two one with uh, that common, the Orzov common that has afterlife one into Undercity scavenger. That feels really strong, actually. Okay, yeah, I'm in for like synergy C plus on this card. Yeah, I think this is like the first one. I mean, there are a number of cards that we'll probably get to in, in future episodes, like sort of being like, yeah, this is a black card, but it's secretly just a Rakdos card. This feels like secretly just an Orzov card to me. I could also see like Rakdos playing some bad creatures early to try to get in for spectacle and then you wanting to sacrifice those later in the game when they get blanked. I could see a yeah. copy of it making into a Rakdos deck. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just big, like a f- format of 5-5. Five, five? That's that's Dowser Light's territory. Well, and it's Dust Charger, except you don't have to do the work with Ascend, which has also been a very impressive card. And if Dust Charger had Scry 2 on it, I'd be super excited. So I think I think Undercity Scavenger better than I thought. All right. That's our only black card we want to take a look at. Next up in red, we're going to take a look at Burning Tree Vandal, which is two in red for a 2-1 with Riot. So it enters the battlefield as a 3-2 or a 2-1 with haste. And when it attacks, you get to rummage. You can discard a card. And if you do, you draw a card. Yeah, I gave this a C plus. You gave it a C minus. This looks like one of the better three drops in the format to me, I think, in red or green. I think both of those decks are going to want you to be attacking. And I think pasting this out, rummaging is just strong on a creature, especially if you don't have to pay mana for it. I think it's going to help smooth your draws. And I ideally, you know, it's not going to be as impactful late in the game if it's going to be blanked or whatever. But if this has attacks, it's going to run away with the game, I think. Yeah, I guess I just don't know how often it's going to have attacks because I feel like you, if you make this a three mana two one with haste, then you're basically deciding I'm only getting one attack with this. Yes. And if you make it a three mana three two, then your opponent has a turn to like set up blocks. And if, you know, if our stats sort of bear anything out here, it's that this is a format of like three mana two threes or three and a half mana two threes. And so there's there's butts here to block this thing. I just don't know how often this is going to connect. And even once it does, like a rummage is worse than a loot and that's still not card advantage. It seems like a, a, a lot for a smallish creature to me. Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to I think it's going to be the three drop that you play in maybe Rakdos and Gruul decks, but maybe it's not great. I I I could I could be talked down to C. All right. Maybe we'll meet it meet it C here. Next, we've got Clamor Shaman. This is an uncommon. This is two and a red for the one one with Riot. It either enters as a two two or a one one with haste. And whenever it attacks, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. You give us a C plus. I give us a B. So this does not pull me into red at all. And I feel like C plus is even a little high on this card. That's interesting. Why do you feel that way? Because I think this plays well in Rakdos. It's going to help enable spectacle for you. And I think in Gruul, hasting this out and removing a blocker is going to be really strong again yeah so i'm thinking about it in like looking at analog comparisons thinking about the a from vast so we think about it like on crop crasher from amonkhet which was uh tuna red for three two with haste and you could exert it when it attacked and if you did it had this ability to make target creature not be able to block this turn so that you're getting a three mana three two which this can only hope to be a two two that also has haste now that can only do that ability once every other turn this could do it every turn uh, I just think this thing is a little too small. Like you probably get, again, you'll get the one turn of an attack with this card and then your opponent uh, gets to deal with it as a three mana one, one, which is really small, like, or you get a three mana two, two, but then your opponent sees it coming. It, this just seems a little small and fragile to me for that effect. Well, so I think if you make it a three mana two, two, there's threat of activation. I think the most common play pattern is going to be three mana one, one haste, in which case I think you're going to get the effect twice. And you're going to get it for free the turn you hasted out, obviously on a crucial turn, ideally, hopefully. And then you're going to get the next turn. You're going to be able to attack with it and just throw it away for another effect. And I think that's going to be enough to close out the game. 
in gruel so decks. are you thinking about this not as a three drop but more of like a, i can double spell on turn five or six and it's like a good curve topper yes that seems that, that's more exciting to me than playing this on turn three right i'm thinking of this as a game ender card in gruel decks okay i can i can get behind that for sure so maybe b is a little high maybe it's a b minus but it, it think it's a powerful effect i'm gonna stay stay with c plus but i like it better as a curve topper than as thinking about it as a as curving with this card all right moving ahead to green first up in the commons we've got territorial boar you gave this a d plus i gave this a c territorial boar is one on a green for a two two and when a creature with power four greater enters the battlefield under your control territorial boar gets plus one plus one and gains vigilance until end of turn this is just a bear i think this is a bear with upside i think this bear is going to be strong in the gruel decks because like a couple times it becomes a 3-3? Three, three? Yeah, two mana 3-3 three, three is very good in limited. And I think Gruel decks are going to want to beat down. I think this is going to be the two. I think you're going to want like four of this card in your Gruel decks. I Maybe. I think, this, I think have... this card's going to be the Gust Walker of the format. <laughs> Gust Walker of the format has been announced. That's wow. right. Wow. Yeah, hot takes, ladies and gentlemen. That's the hottest take I've heard all day. <laughs> I could see going up to C minus, I guess. But even then, a lot of the Riot creatures that are like have this sort of precipice of like you can have them as a three three with haste or you can have them as a four four like it's very rare that you're going to have that like this is a three three and i'm attacking with a hasty four four sort of thing sure but i still think a two drop that attacks as a three three like 50 percent of the time is pretty 50% strong percent of the time 50, you gotta okay, walk that like back 33 percent of the time how often are you playing four power creatures buddy look i'm gonna like, curve out two three four five <laughs> Every time, because I'm the luckiest but human like, being on Earth. But then, but only like one of those creatures is going to have power four. <laughs> but okay, so I just think two drops don't look very strong. And I think you're going to need to play two drops. And I think this is one of the better two drops. So initially, I was thinking this wasn't a good card. I went back and forth on this card. And I initially had it rated kind of whatever. And then I was just thinking about what Gruel wants to do. And Gruel wants to attack. And I think this is one of the better ways to attack. So I think this card is going to end up being a premium common for Gruel. Okay. And do you think it's good in Simic? No, I think you're going to want the other card in Simic. So there's Sauriform Hybrid also, which is one and a green for a 2-2. Yeah, that's four the green, two green, a tap four. Yeah, I think that's a better late game card, but I think they go in different decks, right? I think Territorial Boar is the card you really want in Gruul. And I think Sauriform Hybrid you want in Simic. And you'll play Sauriform Hybrid in Gruul also. So you think once you're in Gruul, you're taking Boar over Sauriform Hybrid? That's my hot take. That is a very hot take. My microphone is burning up right now. <laughs> I could maybe go up to like Gruel C minus, but I'm not sold on this card. But you might be right. If, if this ends up being Gustwalker the format, you heard it here first, folks. Next up, we're looking at Gruel Beastmaster at Uncommon. This is three and a green for a 2-2 with Riot. And when it attacks, another target creature you control gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is Gruel Beastmaster's power. So I gave this a B minus and you gave this a C. Yeah, I'm not super excited about this card. I think this is you're going to get this effect once and they're going to trade with Gruel Beastmaster and it's going to die. But isn't that good? Like trade and and like this trades and enables an attack. And if you ever get to do this twice, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty good if you get to do it twice. I just am not excited about paying four mana for a three three with this effect. I mean, it's fine. It's like a C plus or something. Now, see, I'm more excited about this card in Gruel than I am about the creature that like that makes one creature not be able to block. Oh, I think that red card is so much better than this card. Interesting. I'm I'm gonna be looking forward to see which one shakes out as being the better Gruel card. Yeah, I'll, I'll go up to C plus on this. All right. That brings us to the guild specific cards. 
So we're going to take a look at our first Azorius card, which is Depose, Deploy. So we do have the split card cycles at both Uncommon and Rare. So Depose, Deploy is the Azorius one. You can pay one and a hybrid Azorius mana for an instant, tap target creature, draw card. Or you can pay two white-blue for an instant, create two 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter creature tokens with flying, and then you gain a life for each creature you control. Yeah, you gave this a B, I gave this a C+. I think that's just a medium effect on both sides it doesn't make me want to play azorius tap a creature draw a card is whatever that would barely make your deck you know most of the time and then the effect to make two one one flyers for three mana and gain a life for each creature you control that card's like good you're gonna play it but that doesn't make me want to play azorius specifically uh i think the flexibility of this card is very strong i just yeah i'm just like really i'm happy with both of those effects. I think they're going to be situationally good. The fact that they're both instants, so you can like hold up both if you need to. I think against some like crucial Rakdos turns, the tap effect is going to be really relevant. I just think that the flexibility, like neither of these things feel overcosted to me, which often I feel like you're paying a premium because there's flexibility on this card. So this does pull me into Azorius, I think. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, except for the fact that it makes me want to play Azorius. <laughs> All right. Moving ahead to Gruul, we had no Simic cards that we had grade differences on. We were pretty in sync about our grades this time. Yeah, sort of shocking, but we will be uh, pretty different in our top commons, I think. Yeah, so Sunder Shaman, you gave a B, I gave a C+. This is the Gruul CCDD card. Uh, it's 5-5, five, five, can't be blocked by more than one creature, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, destroy target artifact or enchantment that player controls. You gave us a B, I gave us a C+. This just has keyword big. I agree, but I think it's so rare that these cards come down on turn four. But I think by the time you get it down, it's just going to be similar to a Vigorous Spore Worm or something like that. Yeah, but isn't that good? No, Vigorous Spore Worm was like, whatever. You played it. It wasn't All a right. bead. Vigorous Spore Worm didn't make you want to play green. No, that's true. Well, especially not by the end of the format. All right, I'll go down to C+. That's fair. Like Just for how, car how hard that card is to cast... It doesn't make you want to play Gruul. You'll play it if you're in Gruul, I think. Mm -hmm. But I don't see that and go, oh, baby, we're doing it. We're drafting Gruul. Right. All right, moving on to the Rakdos cards. Uh, we've got, you know, it's not truly uh, a Rakdos, you know, multicolored card, but it is, I think, inherently a Rakdos card. This is Rakdos Trumpeter, which is one in a black for a 1-3 with Menace, and it has an activated ability of three in a red. Uh, Rakdos Trumpeter gets plus two, plus oh until end of turn. So I don't really think you're playing this in a deck where you can't activate the ability, which is why I've lumped it here as a Rakdos card. And even then, you're just the defender of one threes, aren't you? I gave it a C minus. You gave this a C plus. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. I am. I do think I'm a little too high on this card. I think I was thinking this was going to be one of the best ways to enable spectacle. But I think that red one drop defender, the O2 deal of damage target player is yeah, going to be the, the premium one. one. So I, I'm a little less excited about Rakdos Trumpeter after realizing that that was the best way to enable it when we were just talking. I didn't now. consider this as being able to enable uh, Spectacle pretty easily. But even then, you're... Yeah, no, this, this could be good. Because it's if you get this on turn two and you can enable Spectacle like once, that's pretty good. And then it's a Mana Sync late. Like a 3-3 a three, three with Menace is pretty good. Has Threat of Activation. So if your opponent like wants to double block it, you can pump it. And if they don't, you don't have to. Maybe this is a little better than I thought. Maybe this is a C. Yeah, I'm going to meet you at C. Next, we've got Macabre Mockery. This is two black red for an instant. Put target creature from an opponent's graveyard on the battlefield under your control. It gets plus two plus O and gains haste until end of turn. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. You give us a D minus. I gave us a C plus. Yeah, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> have I been bad? Am I getting punished? Do I need to go to timeout? <laughs> okay, so I initially had a similar grade to you. I think I gave this a D minus or a D. And then I realized it was an instant. And I think it's just like 
find a good as an instant, you're going to be able to use it to reanimate something and trade off. So it's sort of going to be four mana removal spell, putting something onto the graveyard. No, 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 no. Yes. You can't talk about this as a four mana removal spell. And then what was the other card that you were like, well, like you're not going to be able to get your opponent in combat with the flicker effect. Like, that's the same thing. You can't decide that one is a good ambush card and the other isn't. No, but this is a much better ambush card because the other one is putting one of your creatures on the line. This is putting a creature from your opponent's graveyard on the line. If they use a removal spell on it, great. You traded one for one and Macabre Mockery did his job. And then I think this also has the added benefit of sometimes you're just going to reanimate your opponent's thing and you're going to kill them. Isn't it like super situational though? Well, I think if you think about it as two black red destroy target attacking creature that's like a c c minus if your opponent has a creature in their graveyard that can get big enough to do so like what if it's a flyer they don't have a flyer in their graveyard or like it's a bigger creature than you can reanimate sure i mean then this doesn't kill that card but it's like any other situational removal spell it's not a d minus it's better than a d minus i think you thought it was a sorcery i did think it was a sorcery i will admit that but i still am not excited about this card it's it seems way too situational for me. I agree that it's situational, but I think it's good in enough situations or heaven forbid you kill your opponent's card with an ETB trigger and then you like attack him with a three three flyer and tap something down. I think you're going to be able to find ways to make this worth a card. Maybe C, maybe it's a C instead of a C I'll plus. Go, I'll go I, C minus. I'll go C minus. I think this card's very playable. All right. Lastly, at Orzov, got a few cards to look at. Now, we're, we're basically in agreement here, but I did want to talk about this card. This is Final Payment. This is white-black for an instant. As an additional cost to cast it, you either pay five life or sacrifice a creature or enchantment. But it's just straight up destroy target creature for two mana at instant speed. I think this is one of the hardest cards to evaluate in the set. I agree. I think this is going to be, this feels like it's going to be overrated. And I definitely feel like this card has diminishing returns. I agree. Yes. First copy is whatever, a C plus or a B minus. But then the next copy is significantly worse. I agree. So you gave it a C plus. I gave it a B minus. I don't know how many of these you're going to want. My guess is it's going to be hard to get them. So you're going to have to pick it kind of highly. I don't know. I think you're going to want two to three of these. Ooh, how can you cast three of these in a game? Well, so I think the first one you're fine paying five life for. I sure. think I think there's life gain stuff floating around in Orzov. I think there's a lot there's of incidental. There's not a ton. There's like there's a reasonable amount to where five life is not like, holy cow. Uh, I uh, think. Maybe. And then. The fact that you can also sacrifice a creature that has whatever the mechanics called what's the afterlife <laughs> yes you can sacrifice <laughs> a creature with is. yeah you can sacrifice a creature with afterlife or you can sacrifice a spirit that you've got floating around so mm-hmm. think about you know for thinking analog comparisons from vast okay so compare this card to dismember dismember is a premium removal spell right so one yes. phyrexian mana phyrexian mana black black target creature mm-hmm. gets minus five minus five this is also an instant it will mm-hmm. kill anything and instead of paying, you know, five life or whatever, you can sacrifice a one one flyer you've got floating around, which is not that big of a deal. And I think Dismember was like a premium removal spell, right? Right. But, but part of that was you could also just pay one black black for it or one in a black pay two life, you know, like. But weren't you picking a... Dismember and just putting it in your red blue deck in that format? Yeah, sometimes if I didn't, if I needed removal, sure. I think I was just doing that always all the time. But I think, you know, also the fact that this is instant speed so you can respond to removal with it is is pretty important to note here. But yeah, it's really tough to evaluate. Like, we're, I think we're, we're similar on it. I just am curious about how many you can run. I, I, I'm going to start by saying this card's good until proven otherwise, I think. 
I'm going to start by saying that like more than two feels like a lot in a deck. Yeah, that's fair. All right, next Orzhov card. What do we got? We've got Imperious Oligarch. This is white black for a 2-1 Vigilance. Afterlife 1, you give us a C minus, I give us a C plus. Just because I think two mana 2-1s aren't good, like... I don't think that I'm excited about this card. Like it feels better than a random bear, but not by much. But as a two drop with afterlife, don't you think it's so strong, especially with that hill giant you were talking about? I think this card's just going to be, you want as many copies of this as you can get in an Orzhov deck. I'm just so, I don't know. I think two mana two ones aren't good. There's, this is not, the front half of this card is not worth a card. Yes, it is. It's worth a card. It's not a good card, but it's worth a card. And then the fact that when it dies, you get a one, one flyer, which is almost a car- I think this is almost a card so and a half. What happened to us thinking that like two mana, two ones and two twos were D's? I agree. I feel similarly to that. But I think, again, like this is going to block with two power. It's going to litter the board. There's sacrifice things to do in the format. I think you're I think what you're missing, what you're not or not necessarily what you're missing, but what you're not giving it credit for is the amount of synergy this has in an Orzhov deck. What synergy does it have? There's sacrifice stuff going on. Imperious Oligarch enables you to play more final payments because you're not going to mind sacrificing the front half or you're not going to mind sacrificing the spirit creature token. I think there's like a bit of a go wide thing in Orzhov with tokens, with the creatures dying, with that black thing, with the sacrifice outlets. I think you're just going to want a lot of Imperious Oligarchs in your Orzhov deck. I I don't know. I'm not not seeing it. I just feel like this is a little bit replaceable but maybe it's not yeah maybe i go up to c i, I don't know like the, all these maybe i'm just feeling like we're gonna get to seeing good two drops and they just don't exist i don't think they exist but i also don't think i think a lot of it's going to come down to the speed of the format like how quickly this gets outclassed and whether or not how highly you value the one one fly like i think this card is going to be as good as you, the amount of synergy you have with it the amount of you know cards like final payment or the amount of sacrifice outlets or cards that you want to sacrifice it with but i think that's what feels like Orzov is trying to do to me. That's why I'm rating the card highly. Like on its face value, is it a powerful card? No, like in in a set where the Orzov wasn't a guild, I would agree with your rating, but I think it's synergistic enough that I think it, it needs to get more credit than that. Okay, I'll bump it up to a C. All right, Pitiless Pontiff. This is an uncommon. This is white black for a 2-2. Pay one mana, sacrifice another creature. Pitiless Pontiff gains death touch and indestructible until end of turn. You give us a B, I give us a C plus. Yeah, this feels like a strong pull. Like, this is a really tough card to deal with. Really, like, stops the ground attack, basically. I mean, if we're thinking about afterlife cards being good, like, this is, a, a again, another notch for the card we just talked about. This would be, goes great with that. Um, threat of activation was important here for when it attacks into stuff. I just think this all adds up to a really strong two-drop. I think this is going to be a better blocker than it is attacker. Sure, but but the, but it can attack, and pretty profitably. Sure. Well, it depends on what sort of stuff your opponent's got on their side of the battlefield. Are you happy throwing away a creature to trade with, you know, a spirit token and a 1-3 or whatever? We'll have to see. Uh, But I do think one mana sacrifice outlet is just good on its face. Yeah, not even talking about like good sacrifice synergies. Right. And then there's active treason. You know, this is going to be a premium card if you can maybe get some sort of Mardu active treason shenanigans going on. I think I'm going to stick with C+. This doesn't necessarily make me want to play Orzov. I think it's going to be good in an Orzov deck, though. All right, that's fair. I, yeah, I feel like this just enables enough stuff that I'm excited to take it early and, and optimize it. All right, very cool. Uh, nothing to discuss in terms of artifacts or lands, so that brings us to our top commons and uncommons, Ben. Boom. You ready to, th- ready to throw down? I am ready to throw down. This is going to be a heated debate. So we've got some hot takes here, as we- Ben texted me yesterday. <laughs> we both have hot takes. We both have got some hot takes. I think we've, you've got some hot takes here in, in white at common. What do you got in number three? 
Number three, I've got Summary Judgment. So this is one and a white for an instant deal three to target tapped creature, and it has addendum. So if you cast it during your main phase, you deal five to target tapped creature instead. I think this card's fine, but not great. I think this card is good. This is my number one white common. I'm trying not to like level myself here by putting this too low, which I'm, I'm wondering if you, if you do, but we'll, we'll see. These effects are like really vary, but this is going to kill a lot of stuff. Like either it's going to be sort of like split between a like small divine verdict because you can deal three at instant speed or it's going to be deal five at sorcery speed, which is basically going to be like take vengeance in the set. And the fact that it can kill guild mages, so it doesn't like deal damage to the attacking creature, it just kills the tapped creature so you can kill guild mages at in response to their activation i think is pretty big game um all that adds up to i think a card that's gonna be good and you're gonna want a lot of them so what i'm worried about is that you're just not going to be able to kill the big threats or you're going to have already taken five from the big threats and that there's going to be a limited amount of times that you can do that i think there's going to be a limit to the number of summary judgments you want maybe like one two i don't think you're going to want more than two of this card in your deck yeah maybe maybe that's true but i still think it's going to be a high pick just why it doesn't get to kill stuff i mean azorius and orzov do but i think this is going to be a flexible pick i don't know we'll see we, we've got the same three cards floating around here just in different orders um, so at number three, I've got Civic Stalwart, which is three and a white for a three, three. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So Angel, this is not from M19, but it's a nice little proxy. Like it doesn't give vigilance, but it does give plus one, plus one. This this card just seems strong to me. And again, I don't know how many of these you want. And this seems probably like it's more of an Orzov card than an Azorius card because of the, the go wide thing, like Antheming your one, one flying token seems good, but I don't know. Yeah, that's what I that's what I think about. I think about it as an Orzov card. I've got this as my number one common. I think Hill Giant with that effect is just going to be really, really strong. It's going to enable attacks for two, three, four the turn it comes down if you play it on curve. And if you play it later in the game when you've got some spirit tokens floating around, I think you're just going to deal four, six, eight to your opponent out of nowhere. Hopefully that's what I'm hoping anyway. I think you've got a little bit of best case scenario floating around with this card. That's maybe I may be remembering Angel of the Dawn too much and, yeah. it, and it's not Angel of the Dawn, but I still think it's a powerful effect. The fact that it doesn't give vigilance too is big game. Like that was one of the reasons Angel was so good is like it enabled attacks, but then it also left your creatures back to block. I also feel like White's commons are just garbage and I wasn't particularly excited about any of them. Most of the non-guild commons are garbage. Yeah. So at number two, I had Syndicate Messenger. This is three and a white for two, three flyer with Afterlife one. I think you also had that at number two, right? I do have that at number two. Yeah. That card just seems rock solid to me. So and then my number one was Civic Style War and you had Summary Judgment at number one, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So white uncommons at number two, I've got Minister of Obligation. That is two and a white for a two one with Afterlife two. I think that card's just rock freaking solid. Yeah, that card seems great. So we had like Mausoleum Guard. I think it was what I think was what it was called from Innistrad, which was three and a white for a two two. That when it died, you got two one one tokens. Yeah, and this is a whole mana cheaper. Yeah, and in a set where like theoretically you care about the tokens a little bit more. I have Spirit of the Spires as my number two, which is three and a white for a two four with flying and other creatures you control with flying get plus zero plus one. Yeah, I think that card is also very strong. And then we've both, of course, got Archway Angel at number one. Yeah, the five and a white for the three four flyer. When ETBs, you gain two life for each gate you control. That card is going to be in my deck as often as possible yeah for sure that's so busted moving on to blues commons at number three here we, here we go here, here come the takes <laughs> at number three the takes 
I've got Slimebind, aka Doomblade. This is one in a blue God. for the enchantment aura, flash, enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets minus four, minus O. Yeah, that did not make my top three. I'm not really excited about that card. I think I will play it, but I do not find that card to be very strong. Well, so I think specifically in Azorius, it's going to be very good because I think you're going to want to fly over your opponent in Azorius. And I think it's going to be fine in Simic. You're going to stop aggressive. You know, I, I think that card's there to stop Gruul and Rakdos decks, right? And I think then you're going to try to take over later in the game in Simic. So you don't care if they have a chump blocker, if you've got, you know, massive creatures floating around. And if you've got flyers in Azorius, I don't think you care if they have a ground blocker floating around. Yeah, I just don't want to play many of these like i'm sure i'll run like one in most blue decks but i'm not looking to like load up on this effect i agree but so i think there's a lot of other cards that could have gone in the blue three drop slot or not three drop slot but the third best common slot i think blues commons are pretty deep yeah pretty deep but pretty flat it feels like yes i think there's a bunch of c's yes for sure um so i have Chillbringer, maybe a little too low but i've got my my hot take at number one uh but this is the uh four and a blue three three flyer enters the battlefield and you get to tap something down it doesn't untap during its opponent's next untap step um i think this card is very very strong i'm just a little worried about like loading up on them in the five drop slot oh i'm gonna be loading up on it that's my number one common baby oh i, I know baby all right, and my number two blue common is Arrester's Admonition. That's two and a blue for an instant. Return target creature to its owner's hand. And Addendum, if you cast it during your main phase, you draw a card. This card seems great to me. I mean, I've got Crashing Tide on the brain because we've been playing Rivals of Ixalan so much. I think this is better. I think the flexibility to draw a card and it always be an instant is much better than the always draw a card, but sometimes it's an instant. Yes, I agree. So I'm pretty excited about this card. I've got Senate Courier as my number one blue common. Because I think Whoa, it's just... Oh, the Sailor of Means. The Sailor of Means. Sailor of Means with flying. So this is two and a blue for a one-four with flying. And it has an activated ability of one and a white to give it vigilance. That is just sort of like icing on the cake. This just seems great. Like there's not a lot of early plays that you can make. A one-four with flying is going to block a ton. And I think I want to do that a lot. I think this is just going to be a, a really good, solid creature early and late. So are you playing this in a Simic deck? Yes. Okay. I think Rule is going to laugh at Senate Courier. Uh, it might. I think just because one guild like sort of laughs at it doesn't make it a bad card. Okay. No, I agree with that. But are like, you telling it me laughs at it laughs at Afterlife? Right. But are you telling me you're picking Senate Courier over Chillbringer? Pack one, pick one. That's what I'm telling you. That's that. Um, now it's my microphone's turn. I need to take some clothes off my microphone here. <laughs> it's the, sweating. So if I'm if I'm wrong about like the the like five drops sort of being replaceable like they're all sort of good like if chillbringer just ends up being better than all the five drops then yeah obviously i'm wrong but if i'm not i'm what i my initial take is that there's a lot of things you can put in your five drops slot that are all good and there's not a lot of good early stuff i hear what you're saying there and i think i felt that about the last time we've had these busted five mana blue flyers and i've never been willing to put it at the number one common slot and i think it has mm -hmm. been the last several times and i'm finally just going to trust that a card that looks this powerful is that powerful that this is just like the cloud reader sphinx of the format yes yeah that absolutely could be right like I, this is probably striped river winder for me and i'm very wrong about senate courier but i i think this card is a lot better than it looks or like i, I don't know i i 
there's something about this card and maybe it's just sailor of means that makes me think that this is going to be strong in the fall. I like it. I could certainly see Senate courier being better than slime bind. Uh, what do you got going on at the blue uncommons at number two? I've got windstorm Drake. This is four and a blue for a three, three flyer and other creatures you control with flying get plus one plus Oh yeah, that card seems great. You're going to be splashing that a lot in your Orzov decks. I think. Yeah, you are. And then I've got essence capture as my number one. That's the essence scatter. Put a counter on a creature. Yeah, I could certainly see that. I have Skatewing Spy at number one. This is three and a blue for a two three, and it has five and a blue adapt two. So it'll turn into a four five. And each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it has flying. I think that that text there is really strong. Like I think on turn six sometimes, or maybe even later in the game, whatever. I think the turn you adapt this, you're going to kill your opponent a lot of the time in a Simic deck. So there was a card like this in Gatecrash that was like a six drop in blue. And like Gatecrash, again, like Simic had, like cared about plus plus one counters. And this card was fantastic. It gave all your creatures with counters on them flying. And the fact that this can do it even without adapting. So like if you've already got some stuff that is adapted or some incidental counters or riot creatures and you get to give them flying, that is big game. Right. The card I'm thinking of is Abzan Falcon, the two and a white two, three, like that gave the text all the other outlast creatures. And it's a mana more, but I think this card's pretty darn strong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I could definitely see that better being better than essence capture there. All right, going to black. I think now I think we're, we're maybe through the hot takes a little bit. Uh, moving <laughs> on to uh, to black. I think we're all lined up here. Number three, I've got Carrion Imp, which is three and a black for a two, three with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you may exile target creature card from a graveyard. If you do, you gain two life. Yep. At number two, I've got Blade Juggler, four and a black for the three, two. It has a spectacle cost of two and a black. When it ETBs, it deals damage to you and you draw a card. I think if you can reliably enable spectacle on this card, it's going to be very, very, very good. But I think it's also going to feel very bad if you're not reliably enabling spectacle. So I think you're going to need to prioritize some of those ways to enable spectacle repeatedly. Even a five mana three, two draw card is fine. It's not good. I mean, you're not thrilled about it. No. So wait, you do have a hot take here. You didn't put consigned to the pit in your top three. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely have a hot take. Okay, uh, I did put consigned to the pit uh, at number two. That's five and a black for the sorcery. Destroy target creature deals two damage to that creature's controller. Yeah. And at number one, I've got Grotesque two and a black for the instant exile target creature with power three or less. Yep, that's my number one as well. So uh, the difference is I've got Blade Juggler ahead of consigned to the pit. I, I just think so we've seen six mana black sorcery speed destroy target creature in a couple formats. It was in cons of Tarkir. It was in theros and i think every time it's been printed it's just been sort of whatever like you'll play the first copy but i don't think you're playing two copies of this no you're probably not but it is splashable like a lot of other times it's been four black black so maybe that puts it like in the top commons but i just think i think rakdos is going to be pretty synergistic and i think blade juggler is going to be a pretty important piece of that deck curving out and beating down well also this probably gets worse because both orzov and rakdos have better catch-all removal spells yes so like you don't need this. Yeah, maybe this doesn't belong in my top three. Ooh, maybe my hot takes on point. We'll have to see. It'll probably be horribly I think I wrong. Would still put Car- I would still put Carrion Imp ahead of the juggler. Why? I just think flying is good, buddy. Yeah, but it just seems off plan with Rakdos. I think it feels more on plan with Orzov. What do you mean it feels off plan I guess, for Rakdos? Yeah, Rakdos flying creature that gets in. Yeah, flying creature yeah. that gets in and enables spectacle. All right, sure. I just think Blade, Blade Juggler comes down a turn sooner, though. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, in your magical Christmas land, it does. I'm going to put, I'm putting Carrion of number three and I'll put Blade Juggler at, no, or Carrion of number two, Blade Juggler number three. So glad you tuned in to listen to us argue, <laughs> Lords of Limited Fans. <laughs> People love this episode. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, what do you got going on at the uncommon slot? At uncommons, number two, I've got Vindictive Vampire. I think this card's going to be super strong. I'm so excited about this card. So three to black for the two, three. Uh, and when a creature you control dies, you deal damage to target opponent and you gain a life. Yeah, uh, I've got Cry the Carnarium at number one here. Uh, this is one black black for the sorcery. All creatures get minus two, minus two until end of turn. I think you got Rivals of Ixalan colored glasses on there, my friend. Well, well I mean, this isn't going to do anything against you with all of your powerful <laughs> one threes. But against most decks, I think this is going to be good. So what about I, at number one, I've got clear the stage. So four and a black for an instant target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. And if you control a creature with power four greater, you get to return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. That card has busted written all over it to me. So my issue with this card is that I'm only really excited about it if I can get both things. I agree. And in Orzov, you're not getting it that much. And in Rakdos, you are getting it sometimes. There's a lot of four two ish type cards running around in Rakdos. It feels like it, there's not a not a lot. I think most of the big cards are in Gruel or like they're red, green, or green. So you're splashing this in your Gruel deck. That effect is powerful. That's fine. Splashing it in your Gruel deck is fine. I just think yeah, there's a little bit of work. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Cry the Carnarium, that effect has been good in like every limited format. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's busted good in Rivals because of the um, City's Blessing, but this is just a good effect. Yeah, I just don't see it being quite as strong here, especially if we're thinking things are going to have higher toughness. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. Maybe maybe I do have Rick's colored glasses on. All right, moving on to red at Commons. Number three, I've got Burning Tree Vandal. It's two and a red for the two one with Riot. And when it attacks, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. After our discussion, I think that's probably not true but like there's nothing good i also think that is definitely true <laughs> i've got rubble belt reckless just because it has keyword big but this can't be that good like it's four and a red for a six five which is huge and it attacks each combat of fable which is like what gruel and rakdos want to do anyway um i think this card is good but again like there's just good five drops floating around so maybe this is replaceable so what do you think about gore clan wrecker the three and a red for the two two with riot and menace Maybe that's the third best red common. Maybe a four mana two two haste menace doesn't seem great. Four mana three three menace is okay. Four mana three three menace is good. That's hard to block. It makes your combat tricks better. That's a scary card to block. It's a scary card to block for sure. But like we've been getting like three mana three two menace. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to go. I'm going to switch from burning tree vandal to gore clan wrecker as my number three best red common. I'm sticking with keyword big rubble belt recluse. I think that's the hottest take of all. No, it's not. That's 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 cooler than my one four flyers best comp. Okay, you're right. <laughs> uh, and then we've just got bad removal at uh, two and three. Yeah. So scorch mark or, one, or scorch one and mark, two. So yeah, scorch mark number two. That's the one in a red instant speed deal two damage to a creature. If it would die, exile it instead. And number one, I think by a large margin, is skewer the critics two in a red for the sorcery deals three to any, any target and has a spectacle cost of a red. Ooh, what about spear spewer as number three? Oh, you're right. That's it. That's got to be it. That's the one. Let's do that. All right, spear spewer number three. Spear spewer number three. We're figuring it out live on air. You're hearing us break the format wide open, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, as a nod to just like being a good spectacle enabler. I like it. Okay, next. At red uncommon, at number two, I've got Flames of the Raised Boar. That's the five and a red deal four to a creature. If you have Ferocious, it deals two to each other creature that player controls. That's your number two? That's my number two. Oof. I don't 
I'm I'm not sure about maybe in red ferocious is going to be a lot more easy to get, but again, you're you're not going to have it that often when you cast this. I, I think there's a lot of like best case scenario happening here. No, these, these power four cards. I think Flames of the Rage Board is strong. That's my number one. At number two, I've got Clamor Shaman, the two and a red for the one one with Riot, and when it attacks target creature and opponent controls, can't block this turn. I've got Dagger Caster as my number one. That's the the goblin chain whirler no love for chain whirler i yeah i think dagger caster is probably better than clamor shaman I, sh- I should put dagger caster as my number two especially because the black common death touch card i think you're going to be able to assemble that enough so right. yeah that's that's a ridiculous combo but just that yeah this effect is so strong yeah and, picking and, off one one flyers like doing it pre-combat to enable attacks post-combat to finish off creatures it's just a really flexible effect all right i'm gonna go number two dagger caster i'm gonna stick with flames of the raised board number one that's fine i mean the the ceiling on this card is so high yeah yeah but i i think if you're just doing six mana deal four you're upset all right i'm going dagger caster over clamor shaman cool at green the hottest of takes ben the fight spell did not make my top three i so i initially was thinking that but then i have an even hotter take the fight spell made my top three Ugh. <laughs> can't i can't pin you down so i think you're gonna go left you go right all right talk to me about this so i put titanic brawl at number two on my list so this is one Whoa. in a green for the instant costs one less if it targets a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it and target creature you control fights target creature you don't control so i think this is going to be prey upon you know in gruel decks a fair amount of the time at instant speed the instant speed's a little bit of a bonus not a ton but i think ultimately where this gets there where prey upon fell short is Green's creatures weren't big, and I think Green's creatures are pretty big, and Gruul's creatures are pretty big, and and Simic. Like, if you're going to adapt, I think you're just going to have big creatures in your green decks, so I think this is going to get there this time. Maybe it's not going to be premium, but I think this is going to be a much higher pick than we've seen for fight spells that don't buff power and toughness in the past. All right, well, I'm going to stick with our heuristic of fight spells that don't boost power and toughness are not good. I think the fact that this is a format of like lower power, higher butts creature makes this a little worse as well. I think I'm feeling like you're looking at every card thinking you have a four, four in play. Oh yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I just want to make sure we cleared that up. Yeah. Uh, so my prediction for my most drafted common uh, has made my number three spot. And that is open the gates. This is a single green for sorcery. You search your library for a land or gate card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. This enables splashing like nobody's business. And it's like really cheap. Like you can find a time to cast a one mana spell. Yeah, that card's very good. I could certainly see that being in the top green commons, especially if the gate deck ends up being as good as I think it's going to be. So at number three, I have Territorial Boar, one in a green for the 2-2. This is a hot take a little bit, I think. Uh, this is a little hot. Whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, it gets plus one, plus one, and gains vigilance until end of turn. Uh, at number two, I've got Mammoth Spider. That's four in a green for the 3-5 with Reach, the Ethan Sachs Invitational card. So here's my question to you about Mammoth Spider. I don't think you really want it in Gruul, because I think you want to attack, and I think Mammoth Spider doesn't really do that super well. And I think it just feels a tad out of place in Simic. Maybe it's better in Simic because it's going to block while you have time to adapt all your creatures. I guess it will depend on like how aggressive this format is, but this just blocks like a ton of stuff, and flying is a menace, and this like shuts down a bunch of flyers. And there are a bunch of 4-4s four in the format. All right, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, there are a lot of 4-4s four in the format, and Mammoth Spider blocks all those. Maybe it's better than I'm giving it credit for. All right. And at number one, we both got Soraform Hybrid. This is one in the green for a 2-2, two, two, and it has Adapt 4 for 4 green-green. 
So good on turn two, good on turn 10, as Ben would say. Then moving on to the uncommons, what do you have? Number two, I have Gatebreaker Ram. It's two and a green for a 2-2. Gets plus one, plus one for each gate you control. And as long as you control two or more gates, it has Vigilance and Trample. I think this card is going to be a house in the gate deck, and it makes me want to play the gate deck. Yeah, I agree with that. I could definitely see that moving up. I just sort of went for like raw power level, sort of, with uh, my number two as Enraged Ceratok, which is two green, green for a 4-4, and it can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Yeah, that card is also a beater for sure. At number one, I've got Trollbred Guardian, four and a green for the 5-5, with two and a green adapt to each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has Trample. I think that's just going to be an all-star in Simic. I agree. And in Gruul, for that matter, because you're going to have plus one, plus one counters floating around from Riot. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we were, despite all our hot takes in the monocolored cards, we are completely in line in the guild commons. We're just going to quickly run down what our top guild common is for each color. Azorius, we have Law Mage's Binding, one white blue for an enchantment aura with flash, enchant creature, enchanted creature can't attack block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. For Simic, we've got Aramunculus, one green blue for a 2-3 with flying, and it has Adapt 1 for two green blue. Gruul, we've got Frenzied Erynx, this card is busted in half, two green red, this is going to be the 4-4 I'm going to have on the battlefield. Oh yeah. Two green red, 3-3 three, three Riot, uh, I think frequently probably going to be a 4-4. Four, four. I think more often you're going to put a plus one, plus one counter on this, especially with the power four matter stuff. I guess that depends on your deck, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but Well, you are always going to make it a four that's four because you have all those four, <laughs> all those cards that care about four power. Yes. Uh, trample and then has the ability for green, red. It gets plus three, plus oh until end of turn. And for Orzov, we've got final payment. White, black for the instant. As an additional cost to cast it, you pay five or sack a creature or enchantment and you destroy target creature. And Rakdos, get the point. Three black, red, instant, destroy target creature, scry one. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we agreed on those at least. Yeah, we. I think, you know, it's kind of fun going out on a flyer for your top commons because I think we're going to know pretty soon, like in a week or two. But you get sick bragging rights if you're right. And if you're wrong, people kind of tend to forget. And unless you're streaming, in which case Twitch chat never lets you forget. <laughs> yeah, Striped River Winder was, <laughs> I just never lived that down for sure. But uh, I'm excited to draft this. I'm really excited to get to to play it a little early on Arena. Yeah, both of us are going to be participating in the streamer pre-release event uh, on Wednesday and Thursday morning. So thanks to Wizards of the Coast for inviting us to participate in that event. I assume we're both going to be jamming as many drafts as we have time for. Yeah, for sure. I was kind of bummed because I'm, so I'm going to uh, Magic Fest Cleveland or GP Cleveland, whatever it's being called, which is Ravnica Legion sealed. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to like have some time to practice but they're bringing drafts early to mtgo too so i'm just never going to play sealed in preparation <laughs> rip your win rate for going to play this event <laughs> it'll be fine yeah i'll be fine no 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 problems at all play- well this is super fun super fun ben yes i agree that's a good place for us to wrap it up thank you as always to salty pretzels for our intro and outro music make sure you give that a listen if you want to check us out on wednesday in the streamer event check us out on twitch i'm at twitch.tv slash lord tupperware ben is at twitch.tv slash mr metronome we're both under those same usernames on twitter and you can also tweet at the podcast at lords of limited if you've got any questions about the show or any feedback shoot us an email at lords of limited at gmail.com thank you so much for listening crush your pre-releases and we'll catch you next week for another episode of lords of limited thanks everybody See you later.